0: It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. It was a tough one for the Blue Jackets last night at Nationwide Arena. They lost the back half of their home-and-home series with the Philadelphia Flyers. 4-1 to was the final score. The only goal that the Blue Jackets got came shorthanded off the stick of Eric Robinson. Other than that, they could not find a way to generate anything or mostly anything against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, The power play, they couldn't get it going. It just wasn't their night. I know that Brad Larson had said after the morning skate that he thought and had hoped that he would get more energy out of his team than they were able to muster on Tuesday night in Philadelphia because that was on the back half of a back-to-back set with Boston being at Nationwide Arena on Monday night and then the Blue Jackets having to fly to Philly after the game and play the next day. He thought after the off day he might get some more energy, It really wasn't about uh, the energy so much as it was just not being able to finish, not being able to create, not being able to finish. That's really what it came down to for the Blue Jackets in that game. And listen, you may want to hear this, you may not, but I'm just going to tell you the honest truth. When you play against the Boston Bruins, and there's an intensity in those games, you're a team that's not going to the playoffs, but they are. You have a chance to be a bit of a spoiler as they're trying to move up in the standings. You're in Boston on a Saturday night. And it is uh, rocking. It's really rocking there. The intensity, the energy, it's all there. And you play a really good game. You come out on the short end of the stick, but you play a really good game. Then you come back to Columbus two days later, and a lot of the ill feeling that was built up in that game on Saturday carries into the Monday. Then all of a sudden, the first period, there's all this hitting and all this stuff going on, and you're really locked into the game. And then you go to Philly, and it's just not the same intensity. And the Blue Jackets were able to pull it out on Tuesday night. And I'm not giving them excu- an excuse for not getting the job done last night. I'm just telling you, at this time of the year, you had two teams that are not going to the playoffs, and the Blue Jackets just it, it just didn't happen. And even during the course of the regular season, even if you're a playoff team, there are going to be nights where it's just not there. And, and I just think overall... It just wasn't quite there for the Blue Jackets in that one. So they put it behind them. Uh, They've got to take on the Detroit Red Wings next on the road. Another team not going to the playoffs. Another team where you're going to have to try to create some kind of a buzz for yourself. Maybe losing the game against Philadelphia will be enough to create that. But, um, you know, it's the, the, the big games with the teams with playoff implications the rest of the way. There are some, and then there are some others that it's just not there. So we'll have to see how they react. And that's part of the evaluation process. That's part of what the coaches will be looking for. That's part of what the management is going to be looking for. How do you react to these situations? What do you do when you're put into these spots? So overall, it's a good thing for the future because you find out a lot about your team. You find out a lot about individuals, which means you find out a lot about your team all at the same time. So we shall see what happens as we move along. Right now, I wanna tell you about the fine folks at tell Ohio Credit Union where they have been just providing great service for their customers for a long, long time. And not only the different things that they offer if you're a member of their credit union, uh, whether it be something as basic as a personal checking account, maybe it's a savings account, maybe it's a personal loan, you wanna get a new car, you wanna do a little debt consolidation, maybe you have a small business and you're looking to get a loan for that. Uh, Whatever the case is, they can help you out. They have the tools, they have the services that you're looking for, and they have some great perks that go along with those services. So make sure you check out their website at tellhio.org. Just go through, click on the different links to find out all about them and what they can provide for you. If you're uh, looking at that website during regular business hours and there's a question you just cannot find the answer to, there's a live chat option on the screen. You can click on that. Somebody will pop up right there on your screen to help you through it and get the answer that you're looking for. Tell Ohio Credit Union is open to everyone in Central and Southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. Well, one thing about uh, playing games against the Philadelphia Flyers is, for me, I get to see some great people, the broadcasters for the Flyers. I, I think they are top-notch, without question. Uh, Jim Jackson does the play-by-play play by play on tv for them Uh, tim saunders does it on their radio network steve Coates, who jody shelley and i talked to on this week's edition of the inside edge he does color on the radio broadcast and the man that does the color analysis on the television broadcast for the philadelphia flyers is a guy that uh you know if you watch a lot of hockey If you watch a lot of hockey outside of the Blue Jackets, if you watch the national broadcasts, you've seen plenty of them. Because for the last number of years, he worked with NBC Sports at the end of last season when that contract was up. And the league decided to divide the TV broadcasts between ESPN and TNT. Keith Jones was picked up by TNT. He works Wednesday night games. He's on a crew with Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchick. He was in the building last night. I had a chance to catch up with him before the game to talk about many different things, starting with that shift from NBC to TNT. Last season, you were working for NBC Sports. Yep. The contract was coming to an end. And I just saw Brian Boucher last week, and we talked about this. Uh, he told me how there was... There was a time there he didn't know what was going to happen for him. He didn't know if he was going to wind up anywhere. Was the same true with you? Uh,
1: Absolutely. I I think that we knew NBC wasn't going to keep it all, but we didn't think they were going to lose it all and uh, kind of got taken by surprise a little bit there uh, because it came kind of suddenly, which we probably should have saw the writing on the wall, but didn't, and then all of a sudden you're in scramble mode. So very very fortunate to have hooked on with TNT and, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with the way that it's worked out. I kind of stumbled into a great spot. Yeah, and when I talked with
0: him, he wound up with ESPN. So that was kind of a, a known quantity, even though they hadn't done it for 10 years. But they had had the NHL before. TNT, this whole thing is brand new. Now, you know, you and Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchick, uh, there's some old faces there. But everything is new about it. Uh, what's it like going into a brand new situation like that?
1: It's been uh, incredibly good. Uh, it's just been fun to have kind of a clean slate um, it's been great to work with people that I've worked with in the past but in a different capacity normally uh, in conversations back and forth from a studio to studio to the game broadcast when they're on there Eds and I have worked together though when he's come into studio um, but you kind of go into it and it's just wide open we can you know just we can take it anywhere that we want to take it and if they like it then then you keep doing it And they've kind of been really great about um, just kind of taking it all in. You know, it's their first year doing it, making suggestions. And, you know, they've got a veteran group of broadcasters that, um, you know, can take feedback and, you know, provide their own and uh, try to make the best product possible for the fans at home. And that's really all that matters. You just want it to be an enjoyable listen. Try to get rid of the things that bothered people on some other networks and just kind of make it make it good make it about the fans that are watching at home that's really what television's all about
0: I used to enjoy watching you in the studio but I do enjoy your new role between the benches and being part of the the game broadcast uh, how big of a change has that been for you
1: it, it's it's different but it's been kind of a seamless transition because you know working with Edzo and Kenny it's just you're just part of the broadcast it's not like a separate reporter down there who's got to come in with a story that everybody's heard you know around the league the last six years about a particular player i mean i think we've got focused so much on that for for too long where instead of just letting the game breathe and coming in there with a you know an open mind and and you know relying on the knowledge that you have from playing the game but also recognizing what's going on in the game because you've been in those situations and knowing what's important from down at that level Um, You know, just really concentrating on the game at hand. And the majority of the fans that are watching that game on national television are watching the two teams that are playing. And they want to get a perspective on their team that's different than the local voices because... You know, they it's just something that I think fans appreciate as long as you know, you've done your homework and you're aware of what's going on with what whatever particular team it is that you're covering. So I, I think that's kind of the right approach to take and, and so far it's been working pretty well.
0: So you guys are kind of really invested in this because you're you, you have that not creative control but creative input. As you said, they they'll listen to you. So you get a chance to to uh maybe do some things that you all thought would be good that weren't happening before and put them in play here
1: yeah and i think that's really important i think you want to make sure that again the number one focus is making the broadcast enjoyable for the people that are watching at home and the worst thing you can do and i i grew up a huge hockey fan i watched hockey in canada my whole life and I I just soaked in everything I possibly could. It was what I looked forward to when I got home from school or when I knew the weekend was there, that there was a Saturday night I could watch hockey. And you take some of what you saw during those days as a fan and you put it into the broadcast. People want to know, especially in today's game, who got the goal. Was it tipped? Was it a penalty? Did they miss, you know, did they miss that one? Did, you know, was uh, it deflected. You know, did my guy get the goal? Did my guy get an assist? And now it's even more important because of the gambling aspect behind it as well. And people want you to look forward, too, is what I find. They want you to tell them something that you think might be coming soon based upon your knowledge of watching a player that's great, got great jump on any given night. And then they can make an in-game bet on... X player is going to pick up a point here. He's got his he's got his good stuff going. I mean, those are things that people enjoy and those are things that we can kind of pass along to them rather than uh, you know for analysts to focus on their hometowns really doesn't do a whole lot. You you want to analyze the game and let the play by play guy as you know he can provide the information and we'll we'll tell you why we think it's going this way.
0: That's right. That guy should always run the show. A million yeah, 100%. Times.
1: <laughs> that is your job. Your job is to run it and ours is to try <laughs> to provide a little bit of information on the side.
0: Let me ask you about the player interaction when you're down between the benches. I'm really asking you this because I saw Darren Pang the other night where Ovechkin is looking right yeah. in there over his uh, the replay on his monitor and giving his opinion while it was going on. What's it like down there for the guys that are playing that are they're chatting with you, and they, they want to see that monitor, really.
1: They, they do a lot of monitor watching, but they have their iPads, too, so they can always look at that if they wanted to. Yeah, they want to know they, what you're saying about them, like too. They, <laughs> they like to ham it up, there's no doubt. <laughs> Depending on the moment, the situation, I mean, the game is always the most important thing, but some of those things that kind of happen organically uh, really work. And the players are there. They they provide it. Right now, we're not pushing them to do it. You know, you're there, but you're just part of the scenery. You're not there to get into their space. You respect what they're doing, the job that they have. But some things just happen like that, and that's a lot of fun. And it shows, you know, that they understand the importance of, you know, giving back to the fans that are watching at home. And, again, it's not about any particular broadcaster. It's about the broadcast, and those are the things that make, you know, for the people at home a little bit more enjoyable. And that's all you're trying to do.
0: From a guy that played the game, to be down there, I'm sure you see a lot of things, you hear a lot of things that you would never report or you wouldn't report on the way that it happened or what was said. But just from being in that position, knowing exactly what's going on, how much does that help you to tell the story without telling the story?
1: Oh, yeah. No, you can foreshadow things that are coming. I know a particular conversation between – a player on player on team A again talking to a player on team B. And you can tell that uh, they may be setting up some fisticuffs coming later on. They may be upset about a particular hit that one player delivered on one of their star players. You get a good sense of where things are headed. It doesn't always come to fruition, but I do think it's important to kind of, when you get the opportunity to slide that in there, that, hey, this may be something that's on the table right now and then when they deliver on that you're in a position to you know pull it forward bring that story up and catch up and then to explain to the fans why it happened you know what's what's the purpose of this why is that type of thing still involved in hockey. Why, you know, why does it work? What, what was wrong with it? Why didn't it work? And then your opinion can come into play. But I think part of that job, especially down at ice level, is to make sure you're given a perspective that's different than the one that's coming from upstairs. And you, you can see a lot of different things down there. You can't see everything. Uh, I think it's really important that there's somebody upstairs that can see everything as well to, at, from an analyst position. The one up, one down is great but there is going to be things that you miss because there's a lot of traffic going on around you, and some of those things are important to the fans. Even something as simple as too many men on the ice, you would think it's like an automatic. It's more difficult to see down at ice level than it is from up top. I think it's a real benefit when you can have, you know, an analyst upstairs and an analyst downstairs that can play off one another and aren't fighting for, you know, mic time. They're fighting to make sure the broadcast is what's uh, the best for the fans that are watching at home.
0: Yeah, and you're blind in the corner each way, hundred percent on your side.
1: Yep, there's certain things you just don't see, and you can understand why referees miss some calls. There's bodies, Never understand that. I don't, but there's bodies <laughs> flying all over. Yeah, and I can sometimes I'll have Edzo upstairs say, you know, I don't sure how they missed it. I and I can see hmm. the angle, at least one of the officials. I'm like, I can tell you why because he couldn't see it and I couldn't see it. I'm just seeing it now on the replay, and that's that is. Uh, it's, it's funny, the, the closer you are to the trees, sometimes you're not seeing the whole forest, and that really comes into play down at ice level.
0: Talking with Keith Jones, he does uh, color on television for the Flyers and also works on TNT. When you're down there, or when you're in any building, is really what I should say to you, do you ever still at this point pinch yourself and are you surprised that you're here? Because I know from your book and your story that you were surprised all the way from college to the National Hockey League, that you were able to get to the next level and be there. Normally you don't hear a player say that, I couldn't believe I made it. I couldn't believe they wanted me for the next step.
1: But that was you. Yeah, that's really been a lot of my life story. And then the key, I think, for any person that would love to follow in that type of a career path is once you get in, don't let them get you out. I mean, the window might be open so much, but if you can squeeze your body in there and you find a way, then... Make them kick you through the window if they're going to get you out. But don't open the door for them. Do everything you can to stay. And that's being resourceful. That's using the talents that you may or may not have. Uh, But it's using everything you have in, in your toolbox in order to continue to do what you love doing. And it doesn't matter what it is. I think it's really important that, and that's really something that's benefited me a lot. It's not necessarily, I'm saying, Man, i got to work harder than everybody else. It's it's working smart. It's being a good teammate, most importantly, no matter what the situation is. Having the guys and gals that you're working with back and making sure that your focus is on making your team the best it can be. And I think that's honestly, when I look back in my career, in both playing and announcing, has been what has allowed me to – You know, have an extended stay as a player and an extended stay as a broadcaster.
0: And I was just going to ask you that if that was a thing that helped to propel your career as a player, but also since you bring up as a broadcaster. When you were getting to the end of your playing career, was this something that you thought about doing, or did somebody come to you about it?
1: Somebody came to me and thought that uh, I would be naturally good at it because I was an honest interview After games, having the emotion. It's funny how that's
0: how we evaluate guys, it's, right? It's, it it's
1: interesting, and they thought that would project to being good on television. Well, it didn't right away. I struggled with it, and the reason I struggled, I was one of those guys that would watch other guys on TV and go, oh, that guy's awful that guy's brutal. Oh, he's terrible. What's he talking about? He's an idiot, right? And then I was that idiot because I was on there doing all the things that they were uncomfortable with. I was sweating. I was, uh, I knew I was full of it in certain situations. I knew I really didn't have an answer and I was making it up. And when you do that, as you'll know, in this business, you start to sweat. You have all these different reactions that your body has because it knows you're full of crap.
0: Yeah. And and you know that Somebody could call you out about it two seconds after yes. you're done doing it. Yeah,
1: and I deserved it. And I also knew that all the guys I played with that listened to me rip everybody for years are ripping me, saying, look how bad he is. And I mean, it is, I, I would not watch the tapes of when I started on ESPN right after my career because it was as bad as it gets. And it's probably more of a miracle that I'm still doing television now. Like me, hate me, whatever it is. I'm lucky to be doing it based upon the way I started because it was rough. How'd you keep going?
0: I mean, was, was it I, just because of what you said? Like, as a player, you just keep going at it, or, or did you? You know, did I, people I, say, "Don't worry, it's going to get better."
1: It, I, I, I continued to get opportunities, although it failed at ESPN right away and deservedly so. I did like 15 shows, and I was better near the 12th, 13th, and 14th, you know. But it was not a natural thing for me. So I was lucky enough to do regional stuff with the Flyers and post-game shows that were very casual in a great environment with uh, Steve Coates, the radio guy. And that was uh, something that allowed me doing it for five years and combining that with morning radio in Philly, which I did, and would recommend for anybody that's getting into television, Just to learn the sharing of the mic when two people are talking, that's just noise. When one person's talking like I am now and you're listening, that's radio. And you learn about, you know, a lot of different parts of this business that don't necessarily come naturally to you after you get started in it. Um, All of those things combined gave me enough reps uh, in a comfortable situation, not a high-pressured situation, that I was ready to move forward with it when I got the chance.
0: So it was like when broadcasting comes... Instead of like in uh, in hockey where you start in college and go to the NHL, you started at the top and then kind of had to take yeah. half a step back. Yeah,
1: I did. No, yeah, it was more than a half step. Like I, I did start right away because of all those things, and I was a very good interview. I I gave something to the guy that was asking the question, right? And that's all you want out of the players. That's all we want out of anybody. But to have that not go well, I was, like, thinking, man, can I get another surgery, get back on the ice? Because I don't know what I'm going to do. I was 30 years old, retired, had a little bit of money, but not enough money to be, you know, enjoying life like I am now. Yeah, so right. it was like – you,
0: you were not today's player. Right. right.
1: And I, and But I never – luckily I didn't realize how little I had when I retired because I would have been – Knowing what I know now, I would have been terrified, and I probably would have failed miserably. Uh, I thought I was a lot more comfortable than I really was, Bob. And, and that's probably what uh, allowed me to continue to, to grow as a, a broadcaster. But I think most importantly, it's about you know, being a good teammate, being a good person, and uh, you know, just trying to learn as you go, but also keep in mind that the people that are listening or watching are the most important part that you need to serve them.
0: Now, are you on the other side of it? Do you try to help some guys that have just finished playing that are getting into it? I know Scotty Hartnell's done some stuff with the Flyers in the past. Uh, Of course, Patrick Sharp was on that NBC set when you were there. Do you try to to help them to find the comfort early that you weren't able to? Always.
1: And I I pass on things that I learned early on when somebody is producing a show and comes up to you after your first couple segments and they go, hey, have fun out there it's the worst thing you can ever say to someone that's just starting because you know you're not comfortable. And now you're trying to be something that you're not. You start to be an actor rather than a person that's analyzing because you think, man, i got to appease this person that's paying me, and I'm appearing like I'm stiff as a board, and I feel like it. I know I'm uncomfortable, and then it just gets worse from there. So I always tell them, don't listen to that guy. There's always that guy around, right? Don't listen to him. Here's what you got to do. Just get some reps in. Don't watch yourself for the first little while. Just talk, move your lips, keep a straight tie, and you'll be fine. And just little things, just get them through a couple segments, and then all of a sudden they start to get used to somebody talking in their ear with that little IFB in there and someone telling you you got 10 seconds, you know, make a good point, and we're going to commercial break. And all the things that you never really think of until you've actually been at a spot where, you're doing it, you're live, and someone's telling you to shut up fast but make a good point.
0: Yeah, And that's I mean, really challenging. Just trying to talk while somebody's in your ear talking to you at the same time is very distracting.
1: It is. And you'll see some people start to stutter a little bit. That's usually because somebody in their ear just told them, in the middle of a, what they thought was going to be 30 seconds has now become 10, close up your thought, make it seem like you're intelligent and provide something to this broadcast. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to sweat profusely here. And I'm going to throw up when I get off the air.
0: I'm talking with Keith Jones. And I just have one more thing for you because you're right there in that national spotlight. You're going to work the playoffs. Uh, you're going to see the best of the best go at it. When you look at the East, um it, the East has kind of been set for a while, although the Islanders are threatening to make a late push here. But uh, when you look at the East, who do you like? Is, is Florida, Do you think what Florida's done during the regular season is going to be able to carry over into the playoffs?
1: It, it's possible. I I don't love their goaltending, which is amazing after watching what Bobrovsky did here. No, it's not. I here. saw it here. Yeah, I mean, so that, you, that's
0: no, that's yeah. no knock on Sergey. I mean, some days he was really good yeah. and some days he wasn't.
1: And in the playoffs, you can't you got to be good all the time. vasilevsky's um, proven it before, so... Tampa's struggling right now. Does it mean anything? No, because they've won before. Am I nervous about it a little bit because that third line's a lot different than it was before? But you could look at all eight teams, and you could add the ninth in the Islanders, and if you ended up with the number one seed, you're not jumping at the chance to pick any of those opponents because there's nobody that you would feel comfortable with that you could run through. You know, Toronto could come out of the East. Bad goaltending, all the rest. They could come out. So there's really... A lot of intrigue when you look at what's happened in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think there's a legitimate favorite, and I don't think there's a legitimate underdog, one through eight. And only his question marks are some of the team's goaltending has not been very good.
0: When you look at the West, is Colorado the unquestioned
1: number one they favorite? Are. They are, provided they're healthy. You know, Landis Gog's a very important player for them. He is, uh, he is a leader of men on a team that has a multitude of talented players, but they need him in there. He controls the temperature of that team, and I, I think that's going to be important. I heard he's coming back soon. That's great news for them. Uh, they've got Kadri in a much different place now. Hopefully he doesn't get too excited in the playoffs and do something stupid, which he's done before. Hopefully he's learned his lessons and is going to put the team first and find a way to continue to play like he did during the regular season and provide them you know, with some support to make a Stanley Cup championship run. They're good enough to do it.
0: I know you haven't seen the Blue Jackets much this year. Like you just saw them in Philly, you're going to see them against uh, Philly again. But uh, this team, like as somebody from the outside and a guy that's connected, this is a team that many people thought was going to be really bad this year, and they haven't been really bad. They've been, they've exceeded their own expectations, I'm sure. But um, do you like some of the young talent? That you've seen in these games against uh, the Flyers,
1: I do. I like the mix, and I love the work ethic, which is all—it's been a staple of the Columbus Blue Jackets for a long time. Which really speaks to the type of characters that they've brought in, and the type of players that they have. Also, the way management runs things here—they've done a really good job of providing the fans with a product that they can be proud of. And I think that's something that you expect anytime you see the Blue Jackets play. They're going to compete. Uh, they're going to have a good work ethic. And now you're just hoping to continue to build this franchise to a point where more and more players not just arrive here, but stay here. And I think having a player like Jake Voracek, for example, come back here and play with the enthusiasm that he has played with this year really... uh, Makes a statement to, you know, other players that may be thinking about coming to what's, in my eyes, a great city. Love coming here. Love walking around. Love grabbing dinner. I mean, there's so much to do here. I've been coming here since my college days at Western Michigan when we were play Ohio State. So, uh, it's a neat place, and uh, it should be something that, you know, attracts players. It should be a recruiter's dream because it's a great place to play, and you're not necessarily under the same spotlight that you would be in certain cities in the league.
0: Yeah, and Zach Wierenski signing a long-term contract helped with that whole thing, too. Uh, yeah, it's funny you say about the discipline this team has, the way it plays. John Tortorella isn't here any longer, but the way the team plays is still the same way. Speaking of torts, maybe Philly would be a good fit for him.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. He's that type of coach. Uh, Mike Yeo has done an you know, admirable job in a tough situation here with a team that's fallen apart. Uh, but there you know, definitely would be some noise from the fans in that regard because... You know, he would bring instant interest, and he's a great soundbite, as you know. So that's, uh, that's always a big part of this business, as you want to, especially after a tough season, you want to make sure tough two seasons, you want to try to generate more interest in the club, and uh, Torch certainly does that.
0: Yeah, and I know the people in Philly hate him, but they would love him in about a tenth of a second.
1: That tells you all you need to know, right? <laughs> exactly. That's it.
0: And, and you would get the honest answers to the questions, just like you were saying you appreciate it.
1: Yeah, 100%. No Keith, doubt. thank
0: you very much. I really appreciate Good it. Good to see you, Bob. That is Keith Jones. He is the color analyst for the Philadelphia Flyers and also the guy you'll find between the benches on Wednesday nights on TNT. The Blue Jackets are back on the ice tomorrow night in Detroit. They'll take on the Red Wings at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30 on both the Blue Jackets radio network and on Valley Sports Ohio. Jackets will be closing out their season series with the Red Wings and trying to do it with a win thanks to Keith Jones for being my guest today and thanks to you for being there as always that'll do it for this edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Tell Credit Union until next time I'm Bob McElligot saying so long